0: We're listening to a podcast from The National. The Dubai International Boat Show, which runs from February 27th to March the 3rd at the Dubai Creek Jumeirah, features craft ranging from fishing boats to day pleasure boats right up to super yachts, the floating palaces of the seas so beloved by many of the world's billionaires. For Ajman-based boat builder and super yacht creator Gulfcraft, the show is a home event. I'm Chris Nelson. This is the Business Extra podcast. And today we're talking to Erwin Bams, the chief executive of Gulfcraft.
1: Well, the Dubai Boat Show is, is our major event of the year. It's uh, our uh, boat show in our backyard, and that's where we do most of our international releases. So we start planning this event, actually the last day of the previous Dubai Boat Show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost immediately uh, when we go back home from the previous edition, we start planning for what's to be shown in the next year's edition, and, wow. and sometimes beyond, because we are showing increasingly bigger yachts, and they take more than twelve months to come to fruition.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: it involves all of the factories, design, engineering, and of course the marketing and sales team. We are about fifteen hundred in total.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big operation. Um, obviously, um, Gulf was was initially uh, founded in um, in eighty two in Ajman. Um, it began by producing you know, the small sort of 14-foot runabouts for the local market. I mean, there are many, many boatyards around uh, that, that do such a thing. What was it that propelled Gulfcraft to become, you know, over the years, what it is now, a, a builder of premium superyachts?
1: Well, Gulfcraft initially started this operation out of their own concern to have reliable boats that that it could get support for locally. And that would help them to enjoy their fishing, their, their running around the waters here. Mm -hmm. And of course, over time, uh, the product range grew, the appreciation for what the company was building grew, and uh, the fan club grew Mm -hmm. accordingly. And increasingly going global uh, in the last uh, 20 years, the company has been pushed up in in terms of geographical diversification, but also in product diversification. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a bit of a local success story with, with a steep learning curve, where Today, we are still a vertically integrated operation with engineering, design, production of all aspects of the vessels still in-house. And that has given us, uh, over time, uh, an ability to to create products that were um, feeding specific market mm-hmm. niches and that allowed us to differentiate ourselves from the competition. Mm-hmm. And today, we are one of the top uh, super producers worldwide, so we we're very proud to wave the UAE flag in international shows and truly uh, act as an ambassador for UAE
0: entrepreneurship. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, um, certainly Gulfcraft is, is now um, uh, you know an internationally known name, globally known name um, for its products, and and yes, as you say, you know that reflects very well on, on the UAE and uh, and the region. When you're bu- when you're building putting these new boats together, or, or you know some of the big boats that that, uh, that you, you offer now, you know the 155 foot um, Majesty, the, the, the design process of that must it must be very pretty advanced technology. What what's what's the kind of the process from um, you know talking about it to to going through development to actually putting the first one together?
1: Well, it actually starts with the hardest part, which is determining what you're going to build. Before you start talking technology, mm-hmm. you have to talk about markets and customer expectation. We are a, a company that is building boats out of a, our own experience of, of doing yachting and boating. We are boaters to build boats for boaters. And, and what happens is that we have a very open dialogue all the time with our clientele. And that creates the new demand. And once we've determined what features people can't find anywhere else or which combination of features that mm-hmm. people would like to see, then we start putting lines on paper and from a conceptual design um, which is usually starting with lines and we're going into a 3D design that then leads into a full engineering study mm-hmm. uh, with study on hydrodynamics but also all of the technologies and electronics and, and mechanical systems mm-hmm. that, uh, that are available to us. And actually you've seen in the marine industry quite a, an increase of technology application in the last 10 years which made it exciting but which means that the learning curve doesn't seem to, to uh, drop off. It is definitely uh, something where continuously we bring new inputs to the table. And we try to show in our newest models also this year some features that uh, that will increase people's comfort and uh, enhance their, uh, their ability to stay on the water for an extended period of time. We want to make sure that they start seeing boating or yachting at least as a home away from home yeah and the ability to spend longer time on the water
0: yeah yeah and as you say with the advancement of technology particularly in the last 10 years and the acceleration uh, over that period and still going yeah are there, are there um are there physical uh, limitations to what you can do with 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 making a vessel i mean you know you look at things like the construction industry and some of the incredible shapes and and forms that are put together in that is there is there an intrinsic limit so what you can do, I mean, obviously it's got a float, I understand that, but, it, you know, to the design and the look of a boat, is is, is it intrinsically limited?
1: Well, usually driven by material technology um, that drives applications of those materials to to ever more uh, challenging designs. Uh, and if you look today, for instance how glass is applied in yachts, mm-hmm. give you one example. Uh, allowing us today to build huge window panes that still withstand the forces of nature and mm-hmm. uh, will allow us to build a boat that's intrinsically safe, yet gives uh, a great feeling of being connected with nature when you have a huge light uh, that, that falls into the yard and that allows you to, to look out at the environment. So just the way we have been able to utilize the glass panels today with, a, with an improved uh, safety rating, Mm-hmm. have allowed us to change uh, the design and the outside styling of, of the art mm-hmm. tremendously. And we see that happening in, in all aspects of materials on board, mm-hmm. board, vessels and also in terms of the electronics and, and comfort-enhancing features, mm-hmm. including audio-video systems, for instance. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, is, there is an increase also in interest from a number of suppliers to step into this uh, industry, whether it's from partners like Bang & them and others mm-hmm. that are creating policy, helping us to integrate them I mean, into battle to, to create, for instance, a, a perfect audio
0: experience mm-hmm. as well. Um, obviously, all go, you know the Gulfcrafts luxury vessels are, are built to buyer specifications. What's the sort of average? Let's say somebody buys a, a, Maj- a Majesty One Hundred uh, and Twenty and uh, wants its own, you know, custom-made, not outrageous, but a, a general custom-made uh, vessel. Roughly, how long from sort of saying I would like this to actually receiving the boat? Would that normally take about on average?
1: Well, w- w- what we have first of all is the, the majority of our vessels is not fully customized at all. It is more towards the high end, the, the super yards that we provide for mm-hmm. a, a customization. Okay. But a, a typical build period of, a, of 120 to, or 125 footer, for instance, would be about 12 to 14 months. And that really depends where we are in terms of pressure on the order book. But yeah. that's, that's a typical build period.
0: Yeah, that's quite fast, actually. That's faster than I thought. Um, it's, it's roughly the length of time it would take to buy a sort of bespoke Rolls Royce, I would have thought. But um, so obviously you, you get these—you get these—you um, know—the customers who, who want specific uh, detailing for, the, for their own luxury yachts. I wonder what, what, what are some of the exotic examples of, of requests you've had from customers recently?
1: Sometimes it's not so much in the in the selection of materials, for instance, whether it's a golden door no or some diamond mm-hmm. crusted strange. It's, the exotic uh, requirements that we have is usually more in terms of technological uh, engineering questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I name you where somebody wants to apply the boat, also to put in corporate charter. I want to have that yacht really function as a luxury yacht, yet have the ability to receive, for instance, 100, 120 people on board. Mm-hmm. And so we have challenges that need to be combined, both from a design perspective perspective, um, uh, as well as from a point of view of the technical requirement in terms of safety and engineering that comes with it. So it's combining both where you' intrinsically safe vessel uh, combined with, with luxury offshore property <laughs> mm, but, Yes, yeah, yeah. and and so without uh, without uh, pointing out any particular specific requirements like we have had in the past, parts of the vessel folding under water. Mm-hmm. or a table that comes descending from, from the ceiling right. all of those those nice features with folding balconies and so on those are things that, that, that we feel are a normal request
0: yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah not exotic, it's completely <laughs> normal yeah, Yeah. so
1: we we don't blink as easily anymore when <laughs> somebody has a request yeah. but yeah. it is more the Combination of, of those requests and our own uh, ambitions as well to combine new materials into it to integrate new technologies in mm-hmm. it, yet making sure that the Tesla remains user friendly, reliable, and durable over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. That is usually the, the combination of challenges on the table which we find most uh, most yeah.
0: intriguing. Um, obviously, the flagship model is, is the Majesty 155 at the minute, but um, in 2016, Gulf, Gulfcraft announced the Mega Yachts project, the Majesty 200 and the 175, assume, assuming that that's 200 feet and 175 feet, um, which you announced at the Monaco Yacht Show. H- how are those developing? Are, th- are they nearing fruition? Or?
1: Um, I'm looking over at the uh, 175 as we speak. Okay. Um, the 175 is under construction mm-hmm. and is the first of our mega yachts, which is defined uh, by... In our case, over the 50-meter overall length. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1.5 is indeed the flagship, I think this is the, the largest uh, model that we've completed uh, so mm-hmm. far. So the 1.5 comes up nicely. And uh, during Dubai Boat we have a number of potential clients again that will come in and we'll come and have a look at uh, what the status so far.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Gulfcraft's not the only builder of, of uh, luxury super yachts. Um, you know, we've, we've got particularly in Europe. You know, Amels in in the Netherlands, Blom and Voss in Germany, Sunseeker in the UK. How, how does Gulfcraft um, present itself as being significantly different from from those other major luxury boat builders? And you know, what's the unique selling point for Gulfcraft?
1: Craft? Yeah, most people would think that they all look alike from a distance. They're all white and shiny and but
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> But we, we try to build a product that is, uh, that is uh, to some extent, different. We have focused uh, a lot on the durability, reliability of our And uh, These are some of the most hostile waters here in the world, in terms of the warmth of the water, the saltiness mm-hmm. of the water, the UV radiation that we have here in mm-hmm. this part of the world, with, with an, almost uh, full sun all around the year. Um, the materials we use and the, the technology we apply have to be able to withstand the hostile uh, environmental marine conditions of this region, and we mm-hmm. found that that is a, a benefit that we can actually export to to all customers worldwide. If they work here, basically they should work everywhere in the yeah,
2: world. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: And that is a, that is an intrinsic benefit that we try and, and give them. Um, and then, of course, we try to build slightly different and different uh, layouts um, and integrate different ideas to how jarping could be done. You, you see, jarping is is not done everywhere in the world in exactly the same way. Not everybody wants a jacuzzi on the top deck in the sun.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: In Asia and Middle East, that is a little bit of a priority, to say the least. Um, out there on the top deck, the sun is too harsh, and uh, a lot of people in Asia do not want to be banned. Yeah. I just give you a small uh, utilization or functionality difference, but that leads to different layouts, the different design ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I give you another one, is that, in, in Europe, typically, voting is small group sizes. Uh, mm-hmm. People go on board and take another couple with them, the kids. So you see typical group sizes, 6, 8, 10, 12. Mm-hmm. I, in the Middle East, if you see people going on board, there could be 40 people on board. Mm-hmm. So uh, the way that then the interior has to be laid out, the dining has to be arranged, and also how people spread themselves and entertain themselves in, in different groups, in different places on the yacht, leads to uh, different requirements for interior design and and uh, layout. Yeah. So different ways of approaching yachting and boating have different implications on how design is being uh, done. And uh, i give you a last example. A lot of yachting and boating in, in Europe is extremely seasonal. Um, it's during the 2-3 months of summer we have out there. Mm, if we're um, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> if we're here in the Middle East, um, boats are used uh, all year round. You see people utilizing a yacht, for instance, in Dubai, mm-hmm. as a sort of is uh, away from the home, mm-hmm. or as an office away from the office. And it's uh, integrated in how they live their business and private life throughout mm-hmm. the year, not just that that one holiday period that's well deserved and that they're going to enjoy in July or August. Mm-hmm. So that means that the yacht truly has to be equipped to be um, Almost of residential uh, nature that you mm-hmm. can stay there and fall back on it almost every day or every other day. Uh, storage space on board, for instance, therefore has to be optimized and functionality, durability. So we design our yachts to meet people's local or regional take on yachting, yeah. and that is different in Singapore, in Thailand, in the Middle East, yeah. in the Maldives, or in Australia. And uh, that makes it also interesting truly to work globally because you're picking up inputs from people elsewhere mm-hmm. and even presenting it to people in Europe. And that hopefully is one of the reasons why we continue to attract new clientele, even in mature boating markets who feel that we have a refreshing take on, on yachting as a whole.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you, you say you you, um, you know you, you take input from from other places around the world. I mean some of uh, you, you have interests in operations you know ranging from Panama through Africa, Europe, Middle East, Southeast Asia and, and Australia can, can you tell us a little bit about what some of those um, what some of those um, centers and operations actually sort of do
1: we, we work mostly through a, a network of dealers and representatives and brokers that that and introduce people to us, that, that introduce Gulfcraft to them, mm-hmm. because uh, we're still, even after 36 years, one of the best kept secrets. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people who understand we're building boats, and they've heard of us, but to know the extent of the operation, and to wrap their head around us building boats here at the edge of the desert, and yeah. people are intrigued by the story, and uh, from where we are coming, and where we're heading, and um, we work with a lot of those representations around the world, it's just visit people to, to what we're about, what we believe in, and assist these people then in, in contacting us and hopefully paying a visit to the shipyard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Ourselves, we have facilities in the UAE here. We have uh, three manufacturing and service facilities. We have a manufacturing and service facilities ourselves, uh, facility ourselves in the Maldives. Mm-hmm. And uh, as such, we are producing in, in Maldives and UAE, But uh, we're providing also service in overseas markets through, again, authorized service representatives or uh, dealers that are available to do so. Mm
2: -hmm. So Mm
1: -hmm. making sure that the products, and we have over 9,000 of those worldwide, uh, get supported. Mm -hmm. The advantage and disadvantage is that that the arts we produce have quite a long lifespan. And uh, all the boats that we produce, and nearly all the boats that we've ever produced, are still on the water, right. and that means uh, we still uh, need to be able to support them wherever they are, yeah. from Vladivostok all the way to South yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, obviously, you know, the the global economy has has um, been through a tough time over the past few years um, since the crash. It's taken a long time to to, to regain some uh, some bounce. Has, has has Gulfcraft seen any, any effect whatsoever on the order book from some sort of the downturn in oil prices?
1: We are always affected because we're in the luxury industry. We're mm-hmm. a construction company which is in the luxury field. Mm-hmm. And of course, we get affected by not only economical or, or uh, political certainty, uh, but mostly about the consumer confidence. And... Mm-hmm. Um, it is not that people are not willing to go yachting a boat, and boating. It's not that they don't have the money for it. it, it, it this, is, this is enjoyment. It's holiday making. Mm-hmm. We provide the choice to do so. And if you're not in a holiday mode, then we get affected.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah Luckily enough, we are product-wise well diversified. You may not know that we also produce small ferries. We produce boats for coast guards. We produce boats for diving centers. Okay, or, yeah. uh, people who provide uh, on water security, like for the World Islands in Dubai, we provide both for harbor patrols and oh, okay. uh, the authorities. So we have, we have a client base which is spread between the family that wants to go mm-hmm. water skiing and uh, island hopping to those uh, corporate owners of, of both super yacht owners and the ultra-high network individuals. Mm-hmm. That ability to mitigate this over different market niches have always allowed us to continue growing over the years. Yeah. And helped us to be resilient and to sustainable growth. And the diversification in terms of markets allows us that if we are not growing in one market, we are focusing on another market where we do see growth.
2: Yeah. yeah. The big
1: positive the big positive is and that you see in Dubai and you see in, in the larger radius around us as well. There the is in urbanization globally and there's an increasing stream of people that is going to the shores to live there. So waterfront living is increasing in popularity globally and especially in the Gulf. Mm-hmm. And the waterfront developments all come up with marinas and water sports and water activities at the core of their residential development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, why would I worry? Over the long term, um, waterfront living is going to increase, therefore both in and yachting is definitely still in, in its infancy, let, let me say it like that. I believe that yachting has a, a bright future, looking ahead, and not worry about the next six months. But uh, just like I, myself, and with the company for 16 years, um, we have seen a business level and a market that continues to grow for the long term.
0: Well, many thanks to Erwin Bamps for that oceanic jaunt through the world of super yachts and mega yachts. I'll certainly be making my way to the Dubai International Boat Show at Dubai Canal Jumeirah uh, from the 27th to the uh, March the 3rd. Check out some of the, um, the vessels of dreams that will be on show there. That was the Business Extra podcast. My name's Chris Nelson, and you can find us at www.thenational.ae and on Apple Podcasts.